Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we're going to talk some Florida football recruiting with Coach Jay as we discuss how the Gators measure up with Georgia after the departure of Jake Fromm and some of the transfers that Georgia has had. We'll also assess where things are at with the 2020 class and give our early thoughts on Florida's 2021 class, which is ranked number four nationally right now. Here was my conversation with Coach Jay this week. We now welcome Coach Jay back in the Locked On Gators to discuss some Florida football recruiting. We will also discuss Georgia and all the things going on between the Gators' rival from the East. We will touch on where things are at right now in the 2020 class and also some early assessments for the 2021 class. Coach Jay, welcome back into Locked On Gators. How's it going, my friend? Zachary, it's always good to be back, man. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely, man. We uh, we got some things to discuss, and I know actually specifically, and we'll start it out, you have some things that you want to get off your chest, because Georgia obviously in the news this week for a lot of different reasons. They've lost their quarterback and Jake Fromm. They've had their fourth starter on the offensive line leave, this time via transfer, uh, in a kind of a messy situation with Kay Mays trying to go to Tennessee and all the stuff going on with his dad and his pinky. And then obviously do not forget Zachary Evans and all the drama that's surrounding his recruitment and Georgia having to release him from his better of intent. So a lot of things that smarts had on his plate. And um, I mean, what's your assessment on all this? Uh, How about them dogs? First off, I want to give a shout out to Kurt, one of the biggest bulldog insider who always had information. But I want to say this to all the kids and the coaches that's listening, that when you go into recruit, recruit to a school that you like, recruit to a coaching staff that you like, mainly the head coach and that university. Because when coaches come to your house and come to your school and they offer you all these shiny things, remember these shiny things one day going to go dull. And that's what's happening right now at Georgia. Kirby Smart can recruit. Yes, he can. I'm not saying that. But he's not Dabo. Dabo is a.k.a. Jim Jones. And once you commit to Jonestown out there, you just stay there until your your senior year and finally wake up. Hey, I haven't played down. It's time for me to go now. These kids at Georgia – I'm finding out now all these promises that are made are not what they're supposed to be. When you commit, commit to the university, commit to that head coach. Here's another quick point. I got a former colleague coach of mine, his son, was recruited by Alabama. Nick Saban came at home to recruit his son. Son said, hey, I like my position coach if I come to Alabama. Said Saban cut him short and said, you know what, son, when you come to Alabama, you want to come, one, because you want to be a tie. Two, you want to come because you want to play for Nick Saban. And that's so true. Like, these coaches leave. That head coach is going to be there. 
if he's gone, then that position coach is going to leave. But more than likely, some of these position coaches, especially at Alabama, they leave and go other places. Then you want to fall back and say, hey, I want it to be a Gator. I want it to be a Bulldog or I want it to be a Tide. So, kids, you, you got to really pay attention to that. A bunch of great points that you that you bring up. And it is funny when, when you look back on some of the things that he's had to go through, certainly the, the high-profile departure of Justin Fields and all the headlines that that grabbed. And then some of the, the issues that have happened with recruiting, I think this, this latest example with Zachary Evans is another situation where they've got another high-profile recruit that is going to come, is, is planning to come, or does come, and then for whatever reason is now walking out the door. And that speaks to you attracting and landing commitments from guys that aren't really that committed to your school. If you have assistant coaches that are going to leave and going to get recruited by other programs, either for advancements in their career or to be head coaches like we saw with Sam Pittman, can you withstand that now, not only from a recruiting standpoint, but also with the transfer portal, because that's changed game in college football. It's not only about trying to make promises on the recruiting trail and keep these guys happy in terms of who their coach is going to be and whatever promises you're making. That now continues once they're on your campus, because if things go sour, they have a reason to go now into a transfer portal and find another school. And Knock on wood, Florida's been able to, so far, not be hit by that because most of their assistants have stayed here with Dan Mullen. There's obviously been a lot of talk about Todd Grantham, but so far he still remains here as a D.C. At some point he's going to get a job, whether it's in the NFL as an NFL D.C. or as a Division One head coach. It's not a matter of if. I think it's a matter of when. But for the time being, I think most of – Dan Mullen's core assistants are going to stay right here in Gainesville. Yeah. And a big part of what Florida is doing is kind of what Clemson is doing also. Like, yeah, these kids are committing to these position coaches. Coach Turner, for example. Coach Turner is doing an excellent job. He's got named job. defensive line coach of the year by football school. Doing a fantastic job. But when you when you look at these interviews and you listen to these interviews of these kids, a common thing with most of them, Dexter. I've never heard an a, a interview with Dexter where he did not mention Coach Mo. It never happened. So, yeah, he want to play for Coach Turner, but he really want to play for Coach Mo. And that's the difference. A lot of those Georgia offensive linemen, they went to Georgia strictly for Coach Pittman. That's it. They didn't want to be Bulldogs. They didn't want to play for Coach Smart. They didn't want to do any of that stuff. They wanted to play for Coach Pittman and the shiny thing at the University of Georgia. Now it's a little dull. Coach Pittman's gone. Now they are, too, <laughs> all except two. And obviously Florida's been the beneficiary already with Brent Cox, and they got Joshua Braun, and now they could flip the nation's number one center, who's a uh, – looking at Florida as well. So, uh, look, for as much has been made as the, the really good classes that Kirby Smart signed, especially early on in his time at Georgia, there's also something to be said about, one, the way that those guys have been developed, and, two, I think more importantly, the guys that haven't panned out for whatever reason and have left – 
or have not even made it on campus. And I think that when people talk about the talent gap between Florida and Georgia, I was someone that was kind of pushing back on that last offseason, and I didn't really see it and feel like there was that big of a difference between the Gators and the Bulldogs, despite what the recruiting rankings would say, based on the classes that both of these schools have signed, I think that you have to put a lot of stock into what Dan Mullen and his staff have been able to do from a development standpoint, and also the ability to keep those guys on campus, to not have guys walking out the door, to only have C.J. Henderson be the only player that sat out in the bowl game. There's a lot to be said about that, but what do you think of this perception of the talent gap between Florida and Georgia? Because when I came out on Twitter this week, Coach Jay, and I said that I felt like Florida should be the favorite to win the SEC now in 2020 with Jake Fromm leaving. I don't think that necessarily they will be, but I think that they should be based on the fact that they're bringing back the best returning quarterback in the SEC. But aside from all the recruiting and and pieces and and guys that are waiting in the wings, how much stock do you put into what Smart's done in recruiting versus what Dan Mullen has done from a development standpoint, and also recruit. Let's not forget the fact that he's signed elite players. He's gotten guys out of the transfer portal that have been five-star type talent. And no matter what you want to say about where the teams have been ranked the last few years, at the end of the day, Georgia is seven points better than Florida as it stands right now. I'll go back to the Steve Spurrier days. Spurrier said that Georgia always wins February. Like, they always sign these elite classes. Never fail. They're always going to win February. But when October comes, it's a totally different story. Now, the last three years, they got the best of us. But the last two years, two years ago, we went into halftime down by three points. We had, like, three turnovers in that first half, and we were only down by three with, like, four or five minutes left on the clock, we driving the ball, and all we got to do is punch it in. We got a ball game right at the end of the game. We get some turnovers again and some other crazy play, which made the score be different. Fast forward to this season. This was a ball. We lost the game, but this was a ball game the whole way. You think about this. Even down to the end, we're down by seven points. We got a safety that considered going into the draft that I consider a really good player in Brad Stewart playing five yards off a tight end. If he's playing tight on that tight end, he's knocking the ball down or intercept the pass. Guess what? We got a totally different game. You take away the aggression of the DBs in this game comparing to the rest of the game. It's something different when sports writers and everybody else say a talent gap. I see the Florida UT Martin game. That was a talent gap. Like that was apparent. Florida dominated that game because there was a talent gap. When you lose by seven points or you lose by a crazy play here and there, that's not a talent gap. There's no talent gap there. And I do think that that, again, speaks to what Dan Mullen has done from a development standpoint, because when Jim McElwain was here. I do think that they had turned the corner in recruiting. But, man, I mean, you saw how that game went in 2017. And granted, all the negativity that was swirling around the program that week probably affected how Florida was prepared to play 
in that rivalry game. But Florida had no shot in 2017 against the Bulldogs. But I didn't feel like they were that far off from a talent standpoint based on the fact that they won games with Jim McElwain. And they had still recruited at a good enough level that if you got a good coach in there that knew how to develop guys, knew how to game plan, that you could compete once again in this rivalry. And that's what Ford has done the last two years. And now they're going to be in position in 2020 to get a win over Georgia, certainly with, with Jake Fromm on his way out. Before you go on, I, sure. I'll even hit on that year when Georgia actually drummed us pretty bad. If you think back to early in the year, we lost to LSU, I think, by, like, two points. We lost to Texas A&M by, like, one point. We were a four-win team. There was talent on that team. Those guys wasn't coached really well. You kind of got to look at both angles of it. It, it. It's always been a talented team. They're just coached a whole lot better now. I think they're also recruiting better now. and We're seeing that in the 2020 cycle, especially in 2021. We'll touch on that as well. Where do you feel like things are at with this 2020 class as we head down the final stretch? Gators got some big additions recently with the transfer of Lorenzo Lingard from Miami and the commitment of Xavier Henderson out of Miami. Right now, they have a chance to finish with a potentially a top-five class, definitely maybe ahead of where they were last year, if they can land some of these top remaining targets. What's your assessment on where things are at and some of the guys still remaining on the board? I think Florida's still killing it. I think, uh, again, big shout-out to Coach Mullen for what he's doing. I think the Lingard thing was a good thing. Lingard got world-class speed, if I'm not mistaken. He won the 110 hurdles or the 330 hurdles in high school. This guy's fast. And if you look at his build, like, he's a legit NFL running back. I'm not really sure what happened at Miami other than he messed up his leg his freshman year. But this past year, I'm not sure if it was him saying, hey, red shirt me, or somebody came to him and said, hey, you need to take a red shirt. But I don't know if Miami had a better running back than what I saw in Lingard's high school film than what they put on the field. So that one is kind of a head scratcher to me, but – a lot of stuff that happened at Miami this past year is kind of a head scratcher to me. January 24th is going to be a big recruiting weekend for four. A lot of guys expected to come come in. We'll talk about some of the notable names. The Gators still recruiting other running backs despite adding Lingard. How do you feel about Gibbs? I know that you've mentioned of all the guys that they're still recruiting, he's the one that you would like to see them land the most. He still is planning to come and visit Florida. I mean, gosh, if they could find a way to flip him, in addition to getting Lingard in as a transfer, that would be quite the haul. Without question, I think Gibbs, again, is a really good running back. My only thing is now you got a loaded room if you take another running back in this class. Unless they have a transfer. There you go. Unless somebody's leaving, that's the only way it makes sense for me to say, okay, let's get another back. Even if Lingard is not granted a waiver and able to play next year. You still got three to four legit running backs, three for sure. So I just don't know. Like, that's another guy complaining for touches. <laughs> if we take another running back, when we can probably take another position of need, not necessarily of need, but just fill some other holes. 
Yeah, and I think another guy that everybody, if you're a Florida fan, has on the wish list is Avante Williams, four-star safety right out of the state of Florida in the land. Is scheduled to visit January 24th and actually came out and said this week that he is not going to visit Ole Miss on January 31st, which I think if you were a Florida fan, might have had you a little bit worried going to Oxford that last weekend with now Lane Kiffin in town. I think all bets are off. I mean, he would have loved the chance to steal a kid from the Sunshine State that Florida is trying to get. But if they could add him to the class, along with the additions that they just got and some of the other guys visiting, that would be the way that you want to close strong in the 2020 cycle. Even if we could have got him during the first signing period, I think he would have been the number two need behind Dexter. Coming into this signing period, he's definitely the number one need and the number one guy to get, in my opinion. Again, I can't say it enough. Our DBs hurt us badly this year. We need DBs, safeties, corners. Anybody you need on the back end will definitely take us to the playoffs. One recruitment that will continue to be monitored is that of Leonard Emanuel, four-star wide receiver who has been committed to Florida but came out this week and said that he has a final four and he is planning, it looks like, according to his tweet, to sign April 1st. I mean, that got a lot of Gator fans upset, as you would imagine. He's been a long time. Gators commit is from the Ocala area, so he's kind of a hometown kid. And Florida has stuck with him throughout his whole recruitment. When he's had some off-the-field issues, when he's had some academic issues, the Gators have supported him, tried to make sure that they could do whatever they could to get him into college. But I think at this point, when you consider the fact that he didn't sign early and he's had some academic work to do, this might be a matter of him trying to make sure that he has some other options in case he doesn't get into Florida. Without question. And, again, he's, what, 17, 18 years old. So sometimes these guys, they get on Twitter and Facebook, hey, they do stuff off emotion. A coach could tell them, hey, we need to get you to work because it's not looking good or whatever the case may be. And then they go on Twitter and they tweet something out. For fans, we're all adults. Coaches, we're all adults. So we can't tweet back at these kids as fans and be like, either you're Gator or you're Gator Bay. Like, come on, just chill out. He, he's going through something. Let him go through what he's going through. We don't know. It could be something totally different. And he want to be a Gator. I know that for sure. I know this for a fact. He want to be a Gator, but if he can't, he can't. Best of luck for him. The other schools that are in the mix right now for him, he says, are Ole Miss, Oregon, and Baylor, who just lost his head coach. So don't have to think the Bears are, are that much of a threat. Like I mentioned earlier, you're going to have to watch out for Ole Miss now in any recruitment when Lane Kiffin now leading the Rebels. And uh, I do think Oregon, too. Mario Cristobal has had a lot of success getting guys out of the Sunshine State. So yeah. something to watch for the rest of the cycle. But things already turned to 2021. The Gators sitting pretty. Their class is ranked number four nationally at this time. They have more commits than anyone in the SEC. And the next highest team, Auburn, has – half of what Gators have. So they've done a really good job. They, they landed a pledge this week from Miami, Rashard Smith, and they're continuing to make noise in the 305, Coach Jay, and you got to give some credit to Brian Johnson, the area recruiter, and all the other staff members 
for kind of having the Gators now become a presence in South Florida and take advantage of some of the struggles that Manny Diaz is having. Not just Coach Johnson, but I also want to give a shout-out to Tova on the recruit staff, came back in and hit the ground running in South Florida again. Coach Ratliff with Rat Pack, man, those guys know what they're doing. They understand the game. They understand these kids, how to reach out to these kids. The recruit staff that Florida has right now, even though it's limited, they're doing a great job. For sure, and, and you definitely have been able to see the difference that those two and some of the other additions that Dan Mullen has made as he's revamped his recruiting staff. And I think given his assistant coaches a lot of help on the trail as they try to put together top five classes and number one ranked recruiting classes, and they're well on their way in the 2021 cycle. I mean, they're ahead of the curve right now of everybody in the SEC. And I think it speaks to the fact that now Dan Mullen going into year three, he's had a chance with his assistant coaches and recruiting staffers to kind of catch up from where they were behind when they first started here at UF. And now they've had a chance to build those relationships and spend a couple years in those high schools and around those prospects. And now it's paying dividends in the 2021 cycle, and yeah. the proof is in the pudding. I think Swift is legit. See, a lot of people got him rated as a, a all-purpose back. He's a legit slot. This guy got great hands. Not good hands. He got great hands. He takes everything with his hands, as you want your receiver to do. He's not afraid to cross the middle. He's a thick-built kid that will run a DB over. He got a few highlights where he put his head down and smacked somebody and kept running. And getting Smith opened the door to us getting Collier, five-star corner that's a lockdown corner in next year's class. Already have ideal college size right now and got one more year of high school. And they're playing on the same high school team. So that's a big get for us, not not just because of Collier, but Smith is part of the reason why they're so good at that high school. But he's also good friends with Collier. And obviously the Gators have already hit some big targets in their 2021 class thus far. And we started this podcast talking about Georgia. Let's finish it talking about Georgia because, Coach Jay, they've been able to go into the Peach State and pull some prospects from Kirby Smart's stomping grounds. Half of their commits right now are actually from the state of Georgia, including their quarterback, Del Rio. But I know that there's one guy that you like in particular on their commitment list. I really like Keith Borders, a linebacker. I, I want to just call him an athlete because he reminds you a lot of Lamar Burns. He can play so many different positions. It could be in, it could be linebacker, it could be safety. Like, he's legit at all those positions. So I think that was a big get for them at a position next year where Florida have an opportunity to be elite at linebacker as far as recruiting is. We'll get two former commits to recommit, and Dewan Black and Lewis, who's the best linebacker in the country by far out of Miami. Florida can really be elite at that position next year. Maybe take away some of the concerns that any fans might have had about the fact that they only landed one linebacker in the 2020 class. Just from a number standpoint, the need was not there, and the guy that they landed is a five-star type prospect and Florida's Gatorade Player of the Year. So I think that 
certainly Christian Robinson has done a really good job recruiting that position. And Florida's in a really good spot right now for where they're going to finish in the 2020 class and the start that they've got so far in the class of 2021. Coach Jay, thanks for joining us once again. We always appreciate your perspective and uh, make sure you send this episode to all your Georgia friends. Uh, definitely will. Thanks for having me on, my guy. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators on today's show. We discuss where the Gators measure up with Georgia right now after the transfer of Jake, after the departure of Jake Fromm and some of the transfers they've had. We assess where Florida's 2020 class is at. We assessed where Florida's 2020 class is at and gave some early thoughts on the class of 2021. When we come back on Monday, we will recap Saturday's game between Florida and Missouri. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.